Hello and welcome to Point Streak, a podcast where we talk everything gaming and the issues that concern gamers. We're all members and contributors over at Enthusiacs.com. Thank you very much for enjoying us. Uh, for joining us, rather. Um, you can reach us on Twitter, at Enthusiacs, and our YouTube channel is just Enthusiacs, where all our video content is featured. Uh, my name's Jeff, or Baron Fang. Um, thank you for joining us, and uh, our guests today are Tony. Hello. And welcome back to Jennifer. Hello. Sec for her, leave her second outing here on uh, Point Street. Mm-hmm. Um, well, let's start it off like we always do and cover what have we all been playing. And uh, I myself um, have been uh, heavily into the Portal 2 co-op campaign. Um, I played the full single-player campaign several years ago and enjoyed that and never got around to the Portal co-op. So, uh, yeah, I've been enjoying that a lot. Um, was was wanting to uh, try that for years, and uh, n- now that I have, I'm, I, I, I wish there was more of it, <laughs> to be honest. It's really, really well done. What about you, Tony? Uh, I was going to say, no, War- Warframe? Mm. Yeah, Warframe 2. I just, I'm getting sick of mentioning it every week. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mention the same games all the time. And uh, before I jump into mine, it's not too bad. You do know there's a DLC, right, for Portal 2? Yeah, I, I've got it. I, um, But yeah, I, I'm, I was, I'm just, you know... I realize that the DLC is probably only about two thirds the length of the full game, and uh, at the rate that I'm going through it, will be it'll be done in a week, and I'll be yeah. wishing for more. I think it's a little bit longer than that, but it's it's been a while myself. But anyway, um, me, it's, I don't think it's as hectic as it has been in the past. Um, in preparation for tonight's podcast, I've uh, been trying to finish up Assassin's Creed Three. I'm currently at 99% synchronization, and I'm on the final side side mission right now, but I haven't paused. So oh, wow. hope to wrap that up here at the end. Um, really yeah. Uh, other than that, my fitness game, um, 500 calories away from my 10,000 summer score. So hope to wrap that up soon. Otherwise, uh, the, uh, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time for the 3DS. And what else am I forgetting? Oh, Resident Evil uh, remake for GameCube. Of course. Really been enjoying that. Yeah. I, that's figured, I figured that'd be the first one you'd tear out for GameCube. <laughs> uh, how about you, Jen? Uh, same with Portal 2 co-op. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's really the only game I've been playing. I just moved into my new apartment. So my Xbox is packed. And, uh, well, as you know, I've been getting through that co-op game, but I love it too. It's so much fun. I adore 1 and 2 anyway. This is my first experience co-op, so that's what I've been playing, and I love it. Cool, cool. Well, uh, let's get to our main topic, uh, which is open world games. Um, we wanted to touch on various genres at some point or another on Point Streak, and uh, you know, it's it's funny. I I wouldn't have thought of this as a genre until the last few years, and now I think it kind of deserve, <laughs> deserves that uh, that distinction. Um, it, it's uh, it's be, it's become something that's a selling point for, for games. It's uh, it, it's a style of games that's been mixed with uh, different levels of success with other genres of games, and it's. Um, it certainly sells, <laughs> as, yeah. as we'll get to. There, some of the best-selling games of uh, of all time have been games that are very open-worldy in in, in a sense. Um, so, and, and it's and as, as you'll see, we've uh, we'll be covering. There's quite a bit of history to it. Now, the reason the subject came up recently, it's like I said, it's one that we've talked about maybe doing before, but it, it came up recently uh, in an article that both Jen and I read independently of one another at the same time over at Forbes by uh, Eric Kane. Um, mm about the upcoming game No Man's Sky. Oh, now, it's a game that, um, I don't know if you, did you, you, you both might have noticed that it's it's received a little bit of attention in the Enthusiast forums. I, I think basically from E3 on, there's been some regular updates about it. And cert, and you've, have you both seen the video for it? Is the, the, the demo sort of video? Oh, for God, no. Uh, I've seen, I think, I don't know if it was E3, but there was one even earlier than that, I think. But I don't, if there's something more recent, I haven't seen it. Maybe we're maybe we're talking about the same video, but yeah, it's uh, for those uh, that are uninitiated about uh, No Man's Sky. It's a it's a procedurally generated open universe, quote unquote, game. Um, it's uh, heavily inspired by Elite, which is a very uh, old uh, and well loved um, sort of space exploration game, thought of as sort of the first open world free exploration type space game. Um, and certainly a pioneering game in the open world concept in general. And the correct me if I'm wrong, Jen, but the word the words five billion came up at some yeah. point. Oh, I know. I've I've seen this article as well. Yeah. So yeah. 
I mean, uh, and the, you know, the point of the gist of the article being that, um, well, one, a couple of things. One that that is, you know, just unprecedented in terms of the amount of vastness <laughs> in, in a game, and and that it would be theoretical, you know, it would be impossible to explore everything in it. And the other main thrust of the article by Eric Kane, and I, I do tend to share a lot of his feelings on the subject, is um, is how uh, at least to him and he's not alone that open world in it on its own is is not necessarily enough uh i i'm probably more on his side of that argument than, than you two but we'll, we'll get into that so yeah uh that, that i mean certainly a very ambitious game and it, it got us to thinking you know let's let's talk open world um so uh we'll get definitions out of the way uh i and i'll, I'll throw it to the two of you as well uh for me i think when i think open world i think non-linear Free to do things in any given order. That's a big one, obviously. <laughs> Wide open spaces, whatever your definition of that is. Uh, just being free to explore in general. Um, and uh, the, the, the sort of uh, sandbox element that, that has yeah. come to be a, a, a feature of a lot of these open world games where there's a high amount of interactivity, even with just mundane things in the environment. Um, open world games that are done well tend to have stuff in the background that isn't just the background, so to speak. Uh, like, uh, you know, you're able to head out into the wilderness of a Fallout or a, uh, a Red Dead Redemption and actually, you know, interact with things that are out there rather than just look at, uh, you know, matte paintings and things in the background. So mm -hmm. some uh, some different um, key features there. I mean, what is, is there anything else that I didn't hit on that, that says open world to you, Tony? Or? Uh, I mean, you pretty much you know, hit it on the head there. Um, yeah. But, you know, I was I was anticipating this question, so I was kind of trying to think of it myself. And uh, it was, it's kind of hard to define for me in a way because, you know, I think of, since I'm going back and playing the original Resident Evil, I don't know if that, maybe at the time, I don't know if open world was even a, a term back then, but I don't know if you could maybe throw that in there. I mean, you there is sort of certain things that you have to do in a certain order to progress, but mm -hmm. you can do them you know, in a different way. But then again, it's all static camera angles and there's no like skybox or anything like that yeah. or sandbox really, I guess. But, you know, I kind of, I feel like there's some older games at least that maybe could be classed, you know, you could maybe debate as to whether they're open world. But beyond that, no, I mean, pretty much everything that you just said as far as being able to do what you want to do, if you want to deviate from the, the path the developers kind of laid out but not necessarily set in stone for you, then you can do, you're free to do that. So... Any, any other features that come to mind for you, Jen? Not really. I just, I know that, you know, the term open world is thrown around so easily. To me, Overused. an open world, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, look at L.A. Noir. As much as I adored that game because I'm kind of like a detective geek and unsolved crimes and all that, I loved the game. It was open world, sure, but to me, a true open world game, the ones that just give me a total nerdgasm are the ones that are also very heavily sandbox games. Mm. And yeah. I think without that, okay, it's an open world, but it feels kind of empty. But to me, it has to have mm. a lot of side quests, a lot of random things, a lot of choice, um, a massive world where you feel like you could come across anything or a really cool building that you could actually explore. You know, just a lot of depth to it. Yeah. Well, that's a criticism I've heard of, uh, and it's certainly a game that would have come up, but the, the the depth of the of the world and how it's populated. Um, Fallout Three versus Fallout New Vegas. Fallout Three had yeah. a lot more richness in terms of the NPCs and the people that you could talk to. New Vegas tended to have a lot more of the just cursory walk up to this guy and he says this scripted thing, uh, and a, a, a lot less uh, a lot less in between the blanks uh, mm -hmm. in that sort of game. Uh, you know, whereas a you know GTA Five being a recent example is uh, you know just chock full of stuff to do in every section of the environment. Um, Amazing, it, yeah. It, it, it kind of, you know, it, it's almost a perfect combination of sandbox and just a huge open world um, in, in, one, uh, in one game. Um, and obviously, uh, obviously the, uh, the, the graphical capabilities and, and processing power of the systems having improved over the years has, has changed things. Just the, um, 
I mean, I, you two are obviously quite a bit younger than me, but just the just the the day that you could actually see the horizon and approach it from a distance and it load in a realistic <laughs> like <laughs> like like something you you all take for granted now. But the first time I ever saw a game where there was a proper vanishing point on the distance, <laughs> that you know uh, that that was a big deal, uh, and that certainly added to the feel of these open world games. Um, in in addition to just the interactivity. Um, well, we'll get into the history a little bit, and forgive me, this is going well well before you two were born, much <laughs> less what, when you were playing. Ultima, the the first, are either of you familiar with the Ultima series? Of, I've heard of it. Yeah, it's you know it, it it's it's a successor game to a lot of the you know the role playing games and world games that came after it. Uh, I I don't think there would be a Skyrim or a WoW or anything like that if it wasn't for. An Ultima. Um, it, it was. It's considered by a lot of people to be the first truly open world game, and that you could wander around the. Um, I think I'd remember what the name of the uh, the kingdom was, and, and interact with the world in a way that uh, really hadn't been done before. Uh, and that, you know, over the course of the Ultima Two game and Ultima Three, they expanded on to a lot of things that are considered to be just you know mainstays, like Ultima Three. As far as I understand it, introduced the idea of fast travel. <laughs> Uh, that's something mm. you know, like a lot of other things you you guys are well used to fast travel to different environments. Uh, um, I think I, I assume the GTA games these days are a mixture of fast travel and um, actual travel, <laughs> depending on what the, the character uh... wants. Or or is that Red Dead? I'm thinking that's got uh, that that duality uh, to it. Couldn't speak to Red Dead, and I haven't actually played GTA Five in a while. I know you could swap between the characters, and depending on where they were, you could. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't. Yeah, that's actually a good on, question. I don't know if you could fast travel in GTA Five. Yeah. It's been a couple of years since I played Red Dead, but what I am thinking is that once you've discovered a location like a town, yeah, you could kind of fast travel. Yeah. I'm almost positive. You what could. about what about Skyrim? Did it have fast travel oh, as well? Yeah, but again, yeah. you had to you had to find you had to discover the place first, yeah. and then right. But yeah, so when was this game Ultima? Ultima, I, I want to say 1981, 82. I had oh, I wow. had that. Yeah, it, we're we're going way back. I, I could be off by a few years, but yeah, uh, an early uh, PC title that you know, like I said, over the course of its uh, sequels, really developed a lot of the stuff that has uh, become standard. Elite that I mentioned before it was really a, a big forerunner in terms of uh, you know space exploration games uh, and, and having an, a, a ridiculous amount of freedom for such an old game. Uh, a, a game that I think you two might know by reputation, Wasteland, which by Interplay, which uh, was a real milestone in open world and sandbox gaming um, and a spiritual, uh, you know, it, the Fallout series is a spiritual successor to Wasteland, so that's why it's it's so well known. Oh, wow. Um, a lot of the, uh, a, a lot of the ideas of sandbox and being able to just, you know, for lack of a better word, frig around with the environment <laughs> was, <laughs> was re really introduced in, in games like Wasteland. And, um, I, I, I honestly think that Wasteland is pro probably more than any of these games that I've mentioned. One of the, one, one of the games that, uh, inspired a, a, a generation of, uh, of the developers that made a lot of the open world games that, that we know today. It's, you can see its fingerprints all over the place, that game and, you know, fallout as popular as it is, uh, obviously then in turn inspired a lot of other games and, you know, Bethesda being, um, being guys that have made RPGs that have open world, uh, features of them and, and, and have expanded to the point where, you know, in Skyrim, I, I mean, I don't know the elder scrolls series, scroll series very well but I, I i assume it has to be the biggest single map and environment of, of any of those games and the trend has probably been towards bigger and bigger and bigger from day one yep mm -hmm. more and more loading screens that's right a lot of fog a lot of uh a lot of colors uh dull colors um a, a game that uh i have you have either of you ever heard of turbo esprit no, I don't think so. It's a uh, it's a game that uh, a lot of uh, and you're both GTA enthusiasts uh, wouldn't re wouldn't know. Uh, it was if it was a game that was uh, cited as a very clear inspiration for uh, Grand Theft Auto, and it was the first driving game that really took place in a 3D city environment. And this is going way back. This is 1986, in like you know, wow. uh, 12 or six to 12 color or whatever it would have been. I've seen the screenshots and. It is a 3D world. It's a very, a very basic one and a very, uh, you know, cardinal compass point type <laughs> uh, grid network. But uh, you can see, you can see the um, the genesis of games like like GTA uh, in, in in older games like that. 
Uh, and it, it's amazing to think that, you know, here we are. Uh, I'm assuming this is a 2015 game, but this, uh, the crew game that uh, I think I've spoken to both of you about, which is basically a coast to coast persistent world driving game like that, that uh, is, that is the nth degree of, uh, of a game like Turbo Esprit. Um, yeah. But if I recall correctly, they say it's like in game, it's really like not the actual distance of the oh yeah uh, yeah 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 i it's, mean it's like the the major cities in the u.s are yeah like it's big a, but it's a persistent it's... driving game but it's not it, i think coast to coast it might be like 90 minutes or two hours or something like, like that right, actually right. really good but that's still example. amazing you know like yeah. uh i mean if <laughs> i mean just as a point of example uh gta 5 is on an island is that right yeah if you walked from one side of that island to the other how long do you think it'd take Oh God! Yeah, but well, I, th- I think it, the the shape of it's a little weird too. So yeah. you're talking the the longest ends. Yeah. Uh, Be there a while. Yeah. <laughs> a fair while, yeah. Which I love. Yeah. Well, like just you know to, to make the point that uh, we we've come you know so far from when you know you were you were restricted to a few city blocks in a you know, pseudo 3D environment to now a, a game that is you know even if it's not to scale. The idea of being able to drive around the entirety of the continental U.S. is just, you know, who would have thought that we'd ever be there? With other uh, players. W- yeah, with other players. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like, I, I, have either of you ever played Cruise in USA? <laughs> or the Cruisin' series in the arcades? Um, yeah, on the uh, arcade, bit, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like, that's, I, I, I did as well, and I, I never would have thought that we would have got to a point where, you know, a checkpoint driving, or... Or even a persistent driving game would have would have allowed you that sort you know, of freedom. My introduction to racing games when I was so little, I can't even tell you how old I was. It was on my dad's Nintendo, playing Rad Racer, mm. which yep. you basically drove forward. Yep, yep. And it would go from night to day, and there was really awful late '80s music. Yeah. And because the you know it changed from day to night. It felt like open driving. Yeah. Just thinking of that to what I can play now is just amazing. Yeah. Um, Tony, I, I might ask you, um, it, do you think there's any one reason, or, or if there's multiple ones, expand on them. Do you think there's any one reason why the open world genre has gotten as popular as it has? Uh, I think really the the popularity of well, I don't know actually. I was gonna say the popularity of main, you know, titles like Grand Theft Auto and uh, uh, you know Assassin's Creed or any of those games like that. Um, so is it just? Are you saying that, it, that it's just the, being copied basically because they? No, 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 no. Or... I mean, no, I mean just the. You know, it's not that people are like, "Wow, open world games are you know awesome." It's just more, more or less that people like the game itself. If that, you know what I mean? It's they like the game more than the fact that it's open world. Like they don't really right. see. Okay. Open, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. I don't. Well, maybe I'm projecting my own bias on it. But I, I hear uh, it's thrown around so much. I assume that they believe that it's a selling point at least. But like, is it well, the a, developers? Yeah, I mean, but like the publishers. But I'll ask you, Jen. Is it a, is it a selling point for you? Is that is that why Absolutely. it's popular to you? To me, like, what basically what you just asked about, like, what is the one reason? I can't speak for everybody, and I'm sure he's right for many people, but just for me. I just absolutely love being able to go on that adventure and explore a massive world and see what I come across just in the comfort of my own home. I mean, I think it's a pretty natural human thing to want to travel and explore and the adventure of it and following a storyline. You know, you could be a pirate, you could (laughs) be in the wasteland, you could, you know, there's just so many... To me, it's just the exploration that I absolutely love about open world games. The freedom of it? Yeah. Hmm. Well, it uh, and it's you know getting back to a little, just briefly again to the history of it. Uh, the 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 um, extent of that freedom has certainly expanded a lot over time. Um, a title I don't know either you might be aware of. It's a it's a classic Dreamcast title called Shenmue. It was the mm-hmm. first game that had what you would call a fully explorable, fully realized town. It had a day night cycle. All the people in it are fully voice acted. All the residents are interactive. All the stores and things are, are, are interactive. It, for its time, and I believe it was released in 2001, it, that really hadn't been done yet, uh, not, not to that level of detail. And it, it proved, um, it kind of set a, um, a milestone at that point that, you know, we, we've gotten to the point now where with uh, like Watch Dogs, 
Uh, I don't know that you could have interacted with every person I was seeing in those demos, having not played the game myself. But uh, and obviously there was a little bit of reputa- repetition there, but it certainly gives the appearance of a world where there's a lot of you know characters walking around rather than simple you know, you know window dressing. Um, and obviously, uh, like like I mentioned before, the GTA series uh, and I'll, I'll kind of lump in Red Dead Redemption as kind of a, it's just kind of GTA in the Old West when you get down to it. Uh, it's a it's a game that also set a milestone for uh, for open world gaming, and it's certainly one that you two really like. I I, I I think I think that's the ground zero for why they've taken off as much as they have because you know sales tend to determine where <laughs> a lot of this stuff goes and uh, GTA makes money. And I, I believe that that's a big reason why it's become so popular. Um, I mean, look at, look at Assassin. I mean, you've, um, you've both played the early and middle Assassin Creed games. Two and three. Yeah. Ha- the trend yeah. was, I, I, I'm just getting into revelations now, but is it safe to say that the trend with those games has been bigger and bigger maps, bigger, more expansive exploration? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I tend to think so. And I tend, and, and look, I, I believe that that's uh, that's that's the GTA effect. Um, well, it's it's a game that's worth talking about in the context of this quite quite a lot. Um, th- did either of you play the early Grand Theft Auto games, the pre three D, like well, pre Grand Theft Auto three, basically, is what I'm asking. How, how about you? No, Jared? I've I've seen them. I've never played them, but I know what they are and yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. And what? So, what was your introduction to the series then? Three. Three. And, and yeah. Jen, yours was... San Andreas. San Andreas. Okay. So mm-hmm. uh, re- relatively uh, early early entries, but I think it's fair to say I, I actually had some exposure to the earlier Grand Theft Auto games when they were top-down, much more simple games, <laughs> really. Like, there was still a lot of, you know, press button to steal car stuff going on, and there were, you know, scenarios and missions and things, but... I think I think it's safe to say it's Grand Theft Auto Three is where it became the series. It it took the shape that, of the series that we recognize today, and certainly, uh, even as someone who didn't enjoy that game, I had to admit it, it was really a step forward in in terms of open world. Um, and 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 yet still having a, a cohesive plot that sat over top of the of the open world. Uh, w- would that have been a uh, uh, PlayStation title for you, Tony, or, or yeah. one title? Uh, no, I think it was PS2. Or was it two? Okay. <laughs> I think it was two. Yeah. Maybe two. Um, look, had you pl- had you ever played anything even remotely like that before when you had when you picked up Grand Theft Auto? No. Well, like I said, I don't know what we would define as open world before GTA pre GTA three. Um, I don't know. You know, if the again the Legend of Zelda or Arena of Time would be considered open world. I mean, I would think it. I mean, would, I, but... I think even the first Zelda game is technically open world when you think about it. That map. Uh, is is, explo- is explorable and and there's a lot of freedom to what direction you're going so yeah. right yeah but I'd, I'd say for a game that i fully sat down and played through myself and spent many hours in yeah that'd be my first introduction and uh is it has it as someone who's look i i i have i played gta 3 and to, to make to make a long story short i found <laughs> And a lot of other people had this complaint about it that, and this is something that I that I believe has been addressed over the over the years, is that a lot of people found it more fun to just drive around and do whatever than actually advance the plot in that GTA Three game. I, I found it painful the plot missions; I, they were so uh, boring and 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 restrictive and and sometimes a little bit broken. I felt, um, and I I just got lost doing stuff the hell of it i've eventually just drifted away from the game is it fair to say that uh, in addition to just adding more to the genre ha- have they gotten better at actually i mean jen you've you've played from uh san andreas forward have they mm-hmm. got better at have they got better at incorporating a story into that framework yeah i think so i mean to me san andreas set a very high bar for me yeah <laughs> that was my first open world game Obviously, yeah, it wasn't the first, but for me, I had never played anything even remotely close to an open world game. Mm. So to jump into that amazing sandbox, I mean, that game was just incredible. Yeah. But five is amazing. So yes, I think they have gotten even better. Yeah. They learned from four. That's for sure. Yeah, I, that, that's something I'm hearing a bit. Like, was four, for for lack of a better word, was four a step back in yeah. in some sense, or just? I think so. Yeah. In in, ter- in terms of the story, or just in terms of the in, ter- in terms of everything, I mean, they went on about how the map was so huge and there were three islands, but to me they felt so empty. Mm. 
And I didn't give a damn about the characters. Yeah, yeah. You know, the lead was boring and annoying, and his cousin was annoying. And it just felt... At, fr- at first sight, it was like, wow, this game looks amazing. I'm so excited. New Grand Theft Auto. It's Liberty City. And then the more you did, the more you realized how hollow it felt. Mm-hmm. And I missed... To me, Grand Theft Auto needs to have different regions, different areas. Yeah. That's one thing they really realized and went back to. Everything looked the same in the whole map. And to me, that's not... You know, open world, there's got to be some variation in different areas. Or it all it just feels like, I don't yeah. know, yeah. smaller. So how... um. Outside of the GTA series, which, um, I mean, what would we call it? A combination of action, driving, <laughs> and now they've added in heist and stuff. Um, mm. what, what other, uh, I'll ask you, Tony, what other genres of open world games have you, have you touched on that, that, um, that you've enjoyed? Uh, well, yeah, I've played Skyrim, so I guess you right. call that a fantasy setting. Yeah. Um, Assassin's Creed. I don't know what you would call that. <laughs> it's yeah, historical it's fiction. Like I don't, you know, yeah. I, I don't know. Um, other than that, uh, I'm sure there's got to be uh, the odd one or two. But if I can't recall it off the top of my, oh well, I mean Fallout, obviously. Yeah. Post apocalyptic. Um, Red Dead. No, I've honestly never played Red Dead, and oh, I know oh I really, I know I really want to, but. Uh, <laughs> Again, multiplayer achievements really, uh, <laughs> really throw games under the bus for me. So, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I can't. If I think of any randomly, I'll just shout them out during the course of the podcast <laughs> for no reason. But uh, yeah, that's it. For now. What about what about you? Okay. <laughs> what about you, Jen? I know, I know you've uh, Skyrim, mm. and um, oh, uh, yeah. I, I guess you'd probably include Black Flag on the on the list of, as well. Oh yeah, the whole. I mean, to me. Assassin's Creed is all just kind of one big category. Mm-hmm. Um, I played all of them. I never finished the first one because I couldn't get through it very well. Um, and then I played from two on. I just haven't finished Black Flag yet. Uh, basically the same ones Tony's mentioning, except throw in Red Dead, right. which I loved, loved the Old West feel. Yeah. It's a gorgeous game. There was one time where I was on a horse on a cliff, and I sat there for about 10 minutes watching the sunset just losing my mind at how amazing and realistic it looked. Yeah. Um, and just the fact that I could just hop on a horse and feel like I could run into anybody and help them out and then go hunting and then sell it so that I could make money to buy another horse and then <laughs> just go play po- play poker and shoot some guys. <laughs> it was just <laughs> amazing. I yeah. love that game. Well, um, we're, you know, we're in the we're in the midst of a year uh, a year not quite a year <laughs> into the uh, the next gen, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, is I, I mentioned the crew earlier, and you know, an an open world persisting driving game is. I mean, if it's ever been done before, I'm not aware of it. That's certainly something new. Um, what is, is this one again? That it's called the crew. Crew. Yeah. yeah. So that's a different game than the other big open world racing game that's well, coming out. Drive Club. Drive Club. I right. I'm confused about. What, whether Drive Club is actually the same, I I, th- I thought or Drive Club was was team driving or something, and I thought and I thought the crew was the open world one, but maybe I'm getting those oh. two uh, mixed up. Uh, at, at at one point, I w- I'm sure I was referring to the other one incorrectly, but um, oh. anyway, the is there is there some? I'll ask you, Tony. Is there something that you'd like to see that hasn't been done before, or a game that's that's coming uh, in in the next gen that that's going to handle under uh, open world differently that you're looking forward to or is it is it just going to be or do you think it's going to be more the same with better graphics more impressive sunsets better force I, I, I think it'll be like that for the majority of games coming out but uh real quickly now that i was scrolling through some games real quick prototype mm. um was definitely one i played dabbled in thought it was fun um now here's a so i'll, I'll get to your question in a second because i got one which is a uh, deus ex human revolution um, I didn't really see it as open yeah. world, but is it? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, well, okay. I forgot I mean, about that game too. It, yeah, again, it's one of those things where it's like uh, you you have to do a certain certain missions in a certain order to actually progress the story, but you can still, have, you know, not during certain missions, you can still run around Detroit or whatever, and you know, do side quests and that sort of thing. Mm. But uh, yeah, the the other one, and you know, on that same notion too, would you would you consider Mass Effect an open world game? I mean. Uh, look, I, I think it, I think it certainly tried to <laughs> market to itself as yeah. such. They particularly in the first game, 
Uh, and, you know, in fairness, you were able to drive around on a planet in your own time, in your own way, and explore. And uh, I 100%ed I that, <laughs> that yeah. game. And uh, uh, I, I had the like, freedom to do it and enjoyed it. Um, yeah, but, but even yeah. just like landing on the Citadel, it felt like a pretty big area. So yeah. in a sense, it's open world, but it's not what it. Yeah, it 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 was a game that was actually very very linear, apart from you know the obvious choice to be able to do missions in certain orders. But yeah, certainly in that first game there was an exploration to it, and I, for me personally, I thought the subsequent game suffered for having lost that feature. Right. Well, you know, it's I am getting to your question because it, <laughs> it, it, it brought up another point actually, or another thought that uh, even the new uh, Dragon Age Inquisition. The developers, when they were talking about it, they really tried to steer away from the word open world because they were saying, well, this you can go to this area, but in order to go to the next area, it's kind of what, you know, it's yeah. it's it's kind of like almost like that Mass Effect where you have like a world or a region, yep. but you but you have to physically like kind of. I don't know how to describe it. Like, there's that region, but you can't just walk to the next region. Yeah. You have to load it. And, yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. Dis- they're discrete areas. And look, I'd rather they be honest. Uh, I mean, I, I have a real bee in my bonnet about dishonest marketing of games. <laughs> and I'd, I'd rather they own up to that than you, you use the outright lie of saying, oh, it's this vast open world. And yeah, okay, it may be vast, but... Uh, you know, don't try and don't try and claim that it's <laughs> that it's that it's one type of genre when it's not. I I think they like putting those features in there because they know that the open worldy stuff sells. But I, I'm I'm happy to hear that they're holding back on actually using the word <laughs> if they're not, if it isn't actually. Right. Well, from world. what I've heard, they haven't. Getting to your question, um, <laughs> you know, as far as what I'd like to see, um, setting wise, like you know, I recently uh, played. Dave's Sex Human Revolution for the first time. And I really like that kind of setting. It really, I thought it really did a good job of grabbing the, the tension of mm-hmm. like the atmosphere of what's going on around you. Yeah. Uh, so I, I really hope they kind of explore that kind of setting more. And I know Cyberpunk, I guess, is, I think they're, they're pitting it as open world. So hopefully that turns out well. But mm. uh, the other big thing I'd like to see is more of like a, a game where you're given enough, like maybe through advertisements or whatever, that you know kind of like what the game's about and what you need to do, but like that's it. There's no waypoint saying go here. There's no say go talk to this character. Like you are just dropped in a world and you have yeah. to yeah. figure something. I don't know. Like I don't know if L.A. Noir was really like that. I know it had that detective mystery feel to it. Again, never oh, played it. But... Kind of not not really. Though. But you know, but you know what I'm what I'm saying is that you really are yeah. given no direction, no waypoint or anything like that you just kind of mm-hmm. have to you know i'm sure at the very beginning you're given some kind of lead or something like that from but from there you just explore this entire map to figure out how to actually progress the story because that way i think it would make it more engaging for players oh, that yeah. would that would go off the rails and would would just completely ignore the story and just do their own thing they might even be doing that and then uh stumble across oh hey i actually found something a, a, that's supposed to be a part of the main story why don't i go check this out and just see what it's about, and maybe they might decide to actually try to, you know, uh, continue the story that way, or they can keep doing what they're doing. But yeah, and and something that might, and this would be extremely ambi- ambitious. But the game that you just described with an emergent story, and got that'd be very tough to pull off. Yeah, yeah. We'll, <laughs> you know, we'll focus on one thing at a time. Yeah, um, <laughs> that, that'd be. But I, I kind of like that idea. Something that's really hardcore that that doesn't handhold. Uh, you know. Uh, maybe you get it maybe you've got a compass and <laughs> you know at least a, a sense of which which way is north south east west and yeah and, and just you clues like oh well, i heard it's north of here kind of thing like and that's it and landmarks obviously if they drop in some kind of city or something like that yeah. oh yeah what about you jen is there something that you'd like to see the uh in an open world sense done differently this during this generation or well i mean when i think of two different aspects of some of my favorite open world slash, you know, sandbox games. I think of how I got into the characters and the story of Mass Effect and how much I cared and how it literally brought me to tears because I cared about the characters that much. And then at the super open world games like Fallout, I almost wish there was a little bit more of an emotional connection to the storyline and to the characters in Fallout. So if there was a game like that, that actually managed to have both, that just would be like the most amazing thing in the world to me. Now, 
Yeah. Uh, can I ask you something, Jen, though? Like, yeah. Because Fallout, if I remember correctly, doesn't have cutscenes, right? It's all first person, you know. No, Fallout you, is, is its own thing. I wouldn't want them to change it. Right, but I, well, I mean, even in, so in your this kind of game that you'd like to see, would it be more like the Fallout setting? But if they added some kind of, you know, non-controllable, obviously, cutscenes to kind of well, drive player inter- or NPC interaction, I guess, or, you know, with the player, would that... Yes, but the only thing is I can't really picture the Fallout kind of world having that. Um, but something I'm along really those hoping, lines. Yeah. What I'm really hoping, though, is for, and funny I should say this, is a space exploration where you could really get into these characters and help them out and get attached to them. But, like, this game that's coming out. No man's, I yeah. Hope, yeah, I hope that it's not just not, I don't know. Like, yeah, you, like you just don't care about them. You got to remember, this is what a four or five person development team making this game. So I don't really know if there's. I, oh, God, I don't think it? they've. Yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's a very small, uh, very small, okay, modest sort of development team. Yeah, it's yeah. it's a UK based studio. I wanted, oh. and their uh, studio got flooded at one point, and they were actually able to save all their data. But yeah, it's a, it's like oh, a five God. person team. I highly doubt they're having <laughs> voice actors and plot. I, I, they haven't elaborated, but I really doubt that's a part but, of the game. I, I think you're onto something that, there, yeah. But to me, that Fallout aspect, I actually enjoy most of all. So if they kill it with the open world exploration part of it, I will be thrilled. I mean, to me, that's the most important part. But yeah. that's really the only other thing I can think of. Yeah. I, 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 I like the idea of um, a space one, like you just said. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that so would be interesting fun. to try and, find, try and um, balance story and... Um, and the open world aspect. I, I look. I don't know the genre super well. I, I, I hear that Grand Theft Auto Five walked that line of, you know, the, the player wanting to one just run around and do what he wants, and also still want to go back to doing the story as well. That it walked that line better than than most games do. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see that done well in like a space setting or something like that. Because it is, <laughs> you know, it. it it is a bit jarring at times to be, you know, even even Mass Effect 2, you know, where you're running around doing quote-unquote side quests for a while. And then, oh, yeah, by the way, <laughs> that suicide mission we're supposed to get back to. Oh, yeah. Um, well, how about this, actually, do you, now that you guys mention it? As far as Grand Theft Auto V, and again, you have the three uh, selectable players that you can kind of jump in between. Even if there was something like that in Mass Effect where, you, yeah, you had your own uh, wet brick character, human, you know, whatever. But you could jump between Garrus, you know, and you could play his and see what he does in his free, you know, or yeah. determine what he does in his free time or, yeah. you know, or jump mm-hmm. between any of these other characters. I think that'd be pretty cool. I mean, oh, yeah. You'd never see it in a Mass Effect game, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, do, would, uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about the concept of procedural generation and that the sky's the limit. If when, when games get better at doing that, I, I think that could, you know, I don't think there's a genre out there that couldn't potentially have, uh, you know, you couldn't have fun with that in some way. Um, is uh, what about things like randomness and replayability? Is that something that's super important for you in an in an open world? Or, or I mean, Tony, yeah, <laughs> I Tony, I know that you like to play them to the, the death. <laughs> the fact that you would play such a buggy ass game like Assassin's Creed Three to to 99% completion is a testament to your well, tolerance, I, but. I, I, I won't go on a, a rant or anything. I, I've actually found it an enjoyable game, even with its extreme bugginess. I, it's honestly the most the buggiest game I've ever played. That said, never crashed on me like Skyrim <laughs> or anything has. Never crashed. But um, no, and, and the main character was terrible. But uh, yeah. um, no, it wasn't. It wasn't a, a horrible game. I think anyway. But that, I mean, that's just me. Anyway, back. To... <laughs> <sighs> right. Well. Um... Well, look, I, I, th- I think we, ca- I, I just want to make a, fu- a final point. Um, I'd save it to the end to rain on the parade. But getting back to Eric, part of Eric Kane's original point in that article, um, I, I tend to be hesitant to get into open world games for the very opposite reasons that you guys seem to like them so much. I, I find the complete freedom to be actually terrifying. <laughs> I kind of, Jeff, I kind of agree with you though. Really? Like I, I. Like oh God, maybe maybe that's maybe that's why you spend so much time focusing on the on the achievements, Tony. Because I find if I don't have tasks, something to do, yeah, if I don't exactly. have like clearly defined tasks. 
I start to like, you know, <laughs> I just feel lost. But <laughs> yeah. there's something yeah. amazing about booting up the game. And whenever I talk about this, I immediately go back to my first experience with Fallout 3 and just venturing off in the direction you haven't gone in yet and having no effing clue what you're going <laughs> to run into. And I immediately think of my first run-in with a death claw. Yeah. I about peed my pants. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I love that, that, that thrill of not knowing well, maybe I got into Fallout 3. I, you know, I didn't play that until maybe a year or two ago. So maybe I jumped on that train too late, and I was like, "Wow, that, you know, I've I've played scarier, newer games, or what, you know, whatever." But no, Jeff, I'm with you on that. I, you know, when I even Grand Theft Auto, like even when you were saying before, everybody uh, was kind of running off and doing their own thing. I went straight through the story. That's you know whether I yeah. liked it or not. That's what I did. That's what I did with Assassin's Creed Three. Now that's yeah. what I've done with every open world game. Is I go through the story first, and then yeah. if I want to do the side quest, I do. I it's rare for me to run around like Fallout Three. As much as I like the game, I didn't feel the need to go run around and explore DC, you know, yeah. or anything like that. But uh, Grand Theft Auto Five, at least, yeah, there were times where I just run off the rails and do whatever, beat a dead hooker or something, you know. <laughs> but, other than that, no, I'm normally with you on that. I, I think I might be showing my age a little bit, but I, part of the reason that I think that I'm so hesitant to just venture off, as you said, Jen, and just like just find out what happens is that I, I come from an era of games before open world matured to the point it did where, and, and, I, and I'm not just talking about open world games, I'm talking about games in general, where it was possible to make a mistake along the way in a game or not do something or not pick up something. And then get to a point in the game and not be able to that's... proceed or lose the game because you did something wrong, and I I think that's a that that's the the mark of a poorly designed game. But that that used to be a fairly common thing. Uh, you know, I used to say, <laughs> I, I used to save like like ten different versions of my game to make sure that I could go back because I'd played that many games that you could completely gank by. <laughs> oh, you didn't pick that key up like four sections ago. Sorry. <laughs> so. Uh, get, yeah, you know, get, get there most, I mean, look, you, you would probably both say that there's, there's no scenario in a Grand Theft Auto or Assassin's Creed or whatever, where you can do that. I think it's possible to be not leveled up quote unquote enough and get killed yeah. by a death claw <laughs> or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I come from an era where there are, there are sometimes really negative consequences for boldly venturing where no man has gone <laughs> before. <laughs> so maybe that's why I'm a bit gun shy. Well, there are, but that's the thing that I loved about Fallout is that you had to start leveling up. And I was actually going to ask you, Tony, did you finish the game? Oh, yeah. I did all the DLC, too. To me, if I had just stuck to the storyline without leveling up and doing a lot of side quests and exploring, I don't know how you got through it. <laughs> like, it was it was me and a hunting rifle. And the, at, like, level whatever, two whatever that super, system was. Against a super mutant. And that hunting rifle was like shooting it with a bb gun i mean it was just awful the hunting rifle is one of the best things you could use against a mutant no, if you got I the headshot so, i was so low like, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. i really like how you have to be smart in that game and level up and explore more before you just power through the game i like that well i can i can tell you both i'm gonna i'm going to, just on the basis of my level of enjoyment with assassin's creed with its sort of open world stuff with the fact that i've you know delved a bit into red dead redemption so far, I have enjoyed that a lot. I think I'm probably going to give Grand Theft Auto a, a try when it, it gets in inev its inevitable uh, next-gen <laughs> re-release re uh, as fall. well. Sorry? I heard it's in the fall. Oh, okay. I heard yeah. they're pushing it back to 2015. What? Look, I've I've got plenty. Of <laughs> anyway, games. I got plenty of games to anyway. play until then. Anyway, and uh, yeah. and and look, I'm sure I am certain that Destiny, which I, I intend to get into, is going to have some very open worldy type exploration aspects to it as well. But again, um, it's one of those games that's going to be region specific. Yeah, You're going to this small section of Earth, this yeah. small section of the Moon. But anyway, yeah, to raid or whatever. So right, uh, maybe that's uh, maybe that's a game where I can kind of cut my teeth before I get into something a bit more uh, baby steps. Uh, yeah, before you. Know, I get into Grand Theft Auto Five and have a complete, you know, nervous breakdown because uh, <laughs> I'll because... find him in the corner crying. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, I, there's a look. There's a, some like Eric Kane pointed out. There are some people that just need more structure, and I think I'm someone who errs on that. But um, you know, fact of the matter is, open world games are here to stay. 
I do tend, I do think that they're a bit overdone, and I do think the word gets abused heavily in game marketing. But that doesn't uh, mean there's not a place for them. In the there's, future. there just needs to be some innovation. Yeah, there's definitely yeah. a place for them, and I think games like The Crew and This No Man's Sky are a, a step in an interesting direction. Um, and I, I think you're going to see a lot of more indie games try things in the uh, in the open world sphere that are interesting too. Well, thank you both. Uh, oh, sorry, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, the more I think about it, the more I love Tony's idea to have an open world game where mm. your hand doesn't help so much. Like, the more I think of that, the more I'm yeah. craving it now. Yeah. That would be so cool. Yeah. Um, well, let's get to our high score quiz, which, as always, oh. is tied to the main topic. And I've tailored this uh, question to be specific to you two. So, hopefully, <laughs> I've uh, hopefully I'll either stump you or at least uh, interest you. Um, so, multiple choice. ABC as always. Uh, the Grand Theft Auto world is a fictionalized version of the real world with fictional mm -hmm. cities like San Andreas, partly based on real locations. Only one real world city has ever been featured in a Grand Theft Auto game or expansion. What is that city? Your choices are, we'll start with you, Tony, A, Philadelphia, PA, B, London, England, or C, Detroit, Michigan. What do you reckon, Tony? It's got to be one or two, which... Um... As in Grand Theft Auto 1 or 2. I'm just going to have to take a guess and say Philly. Philly, okay. And um, and what do you what, what do you reckon, Jen? I know B, I, definitely. B, London, England? The answer is, in fact, B, London, England. And, wow. and Tony, Tony, you were on the right track. It That was, in fact, uh, two expansion packs for the original Grand Theft Auto called London 1961 and London 1969. They were quote-unquote quote mission packs. Uh, for that game, and yeah, that was uh, that was based in London. The only time they've ever actually based it uh, in the real world. I thought m maybe one of you might have uh, in your. Uh, I know you. I know you two probably hadn't played those first games, but maybe had heard of them uh, along the way. Did those games ever get like uh, Xbox Live releases or anything like that? Have no, they ever been re-released? No, no. Hmm, At least not as far as on as I know. I wonder if they'll ever get around they, to doing that. They released a pack of like one, two, and three. I think it was, or 2, 3, and Vice City, I think, for okay. uh, PS2. Oh, okay. I never got around to getting. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's as far as it went. Yeah. I played the uh, Grand Theft Auto 2 on the Dreamcast back in the day. That's how, <laughs> that's how far back I go with it. Um, before they scared me away with all their open world, uh, terrifying, <laughs> lifelike city. Um, and I'll get to my old school recommendation and... On the uh, on the subject of open world and sandbox is my personal favorite sandbox game. Yes, I am capable of, of playing these games to a limited extent. Uh, is uh, Crazy Taxi for the Dreamcast, mm. which is, I, I mean, just if you've never played it, it's it's just insanely fun, and it is the dictionary definition of a driving sandbox game. Uh, total freedom in a really fast-paced arcade-style racing. You drive how you want. Uh, you're trying to basically the premise of the game is basically that you're trying to get from uh, pick up passengers that have destinations that they need to get to, and your tips uh, and your bonus time that you earn is based on how insanely you drive from point A to point B. Uh, they re rewards creative driving, insane driving, jumps, hang time, <laughs> fish tailing. <laughs> uh, you, you get you can get money for doing just about anything that in the real world would get you thrown in uh, in, in prison. Um, you can't actually. They've designed the game in a very clever way in that you can't actually hit pedestrians. They automatically dive out of the way and curse you as you go by. So. It is still kind of a PG title, despite the fact that it sounds like it would be a, uh, a case for a vehicular homicide. Uh, the second game is essentially, uh, well, the first game is set in essentially a San Francisco type city where there's a lot of hills, a lot of uh, harbor sections, uh, a lot of uh, real advertisements, too. Like you could, there's Pizza Huts and things like that. There was a lot of product placement in this game. <laughs> Uh, I remember those days. Yeah, uh, there was a real, uh, a, a real. There was an actual uh, punk rock soundtrack full of stuff like Bad Religion and Offspring and and bands like that. Uh, wow. Th there are songs by those bands that I literally still, uh, re you know, I I know I only know them from Crazy Taxi. I've never heard them anywhere else. Uh, the second Crazy Taxi game was actually set in effectively a New York type city, uh, which was interesting and and added uh, hydraulics. <laughs> 
to, to the cars, which was very, very interesting. Um, yeah, no, just a, a game I can't say enough good about. Uh, you know, you're going to be playing for anywhere from five to ten minutes, depending on where you're playing arcade style or time style. It's fast. It's fun. It's a very non-traditional driving game. I wish to God I had a chance to play it in the... I, it was in the arcades originally before it ended up on the Dreamcast. And while I have played its uh, its sister game, 18-wheeler American Pro Trucker in the arcade, I've never actually had the chance to play Crazy Taxi in the arcade. And if I ever see one, I will give it a go because it is... Uh, it's great fun, and if you're if you've got a Dreamcast and you don't have Crazy Taxi, you're nuts. Because yes, it's it's not a driving. I I, I want to be clear, it is not a driving sim in any <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. It is not what I would call an accurate simulation of what it's like to drive a taxi, but it is uh, it is good fun, and um, it is uh, it is the sandbox driving game as far as far as I'm concerned. Um, and great. it's available on newer platforms. Yes, and there was an X. There was an Xbox release. I think Crazy Taxi Three. I, I think oh. it was re-released on live on. Am I right? It was on live arcade. Xbox Live Arcade. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, Sony Network or yeah, PlayStation Network. Yeah. And essentially, I understand those versions were like remixed versions where it included possibly for one and two and maybe even three in one version of the game. So you had two oh, or three wow. different choices of cities and, and, and about six or seven maps uh, that you could drive around. And there's mini games and all sorts of stuff. It, it's great fun. Various, uh, I don't know if achievements is the right word, but uh, yeah, no, good fun. Um, and, and, you know, wor worthwhile for anyone that wants a, a driving game that's a little bit different. Um, a quick plug for uh, enthusiasts.com. Uh, uh, we're, we're featuring uh, a couple of concurrent playthroughs, one of Walking Dead Season 1 and one of Arkham Asylum by our own Axelon. Uh, I think he'll be finishing up uh, Arkham Asylum soon, and uh, he's got to be at least a third of the way through Season uh, Walking Dead by now. I think he's trying to get through it in order to uh, delve right into Season 2, which is on sale right now, and I am hell-bent on resisting buying it <laughs> at that 9.99 price point i'm wait i'm uh on I'm steam gonna, or xbox on steam uh, on sale right now today on steam for 9.99 oh it's on sale this week the yeah. season pass is on sale on xbox for oh, 10 bucks. oh okay well they yeah, must be good. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> i haven't even played wolf among us i can't justify buying it yet but anyway i'll, I'll be there with bells on it uh i um i i enjoyed that first one uh, I believe it deserved the Game of the Year awards that it got, and I can't wait to get into the second one. But I've got to get through Wolf Among Us, which I've also heard great things about. Jen and I have both bought it a while ago and have still haven't played it, right? <laughs> so anyway, uh, thanks again, guys, for joining us. Uh, again, uh, you can find us at Enthusiacs.com. We've got a uh, you know con steady content and a, a thriving forum community there. So uh, by all means, join in. Our, fitter, our um, Twitter feed is at Enthusiacs. <laughs> Our YouTube channel uh, is also Enthusiacs. Um, our email address and mailbag for this podcast is pointstreak at enthusiacs.com if you've got any questions or feedback or suggestions for show ideas. Thanks again to Tony and Jen. Um, and um, thank you for joining us. And uh, yeah, join us again on the next Point Streak. Thanks, guys. Thank, thank you. you.